Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Serial from the Box. I'm Marie. Diana. And this is the podcast where we talk about recovery in your 20s from an eating disorder, obviously. And also from just being a bad bee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. How are y'all doing? I hope well. I hope well. Today, um, we're recording, well, I'm recording from a new place, so that means I have a really fancy new setup here, because my boyfriend, Noam, has really nice recording stuff, because he's a music guy, so that's for your benefit as well. Yes, it should be beautiful ASMR upon your ears. (laughs) 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 My end will be a little obnoxious still. I'm using a, a gaming headset. You good, you good. It's not even mine. Anywho, um, Marie, anything new and exciting? I wish. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's my uh, that's my struggle right now. Is that there's uh, never anything new and exciting. Oh. Yeah. So okay. sorry. It's all good. It could be worse, and that's, it could be. that's all I could say. Yeah. It could be worse. You could have too many new and exciting things and it's overwhelming. So it's I'm glad I'm That's glad true. you're there's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I feel like you have life updates, like actual ones, you know. Like yeah. you said, you moved. I moved. Um I'm almost done with school and then I'll be free flowing. I have a callback on Thursday um for Mama Mia on a cruise. To be Ooh, okay. the quirky best friend. So that would be fun. Amazing. Yeah. That's Ooh, it. I hope so it goes well. That's so exciting. Then to the positive vibes. Because I quit yeah. my other job at TJ Maxx by telling them I was going to be on a cruise ship. So I hope that it actually happens. <laughs> well, I think that's like next level manifestation. No, yeah. Right? I'm just like manifesting in it. accordance yeah, with yeah, it yeah. already happening. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Definitely. that. <laughs> wow. Um. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I just like the like the TJ Maxx thing was so short-lived. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I was going to get fired soon. So Why? Because they, they said I was the worst cashier at um, selling their credit cards. I hate so retail so They were like, much. you have to be a little worried because you better step it up. And I was like, I'm probably quitting like tomorrow and they're like oh, okay never mind <laughs> that's funny so they're just gonna leave me i guess for the next two weeks oh my god and then i never having... have to go back yeah good <laughs> having also worked in retail the dumb things that retail makes you do <laughs> it's just like it's like conversion 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 like bruh I don't, I don't care even... if people steal our shit all the time. <laughs> what does it matter? Like, I don't even... It's not like I don't try. Like, I actually do try. Like, But, like, no one wants it. No one wants it. Everyone that would come to my cash register is, like, international student or, mm-hmm. like, already has the credit card or they're, like, 14 years old and they can't have a credit card. So... Right. That's that. That's not your fault. Anyways, hopping right into our topic today. Marie, do do you want to introduce what we're talking about? Yeah, I think we're covering a lot of things, actually, because since we've been um, 
sitting and not making an episode for a hot second. I feel like there's been a lot of things that have just like come up and I'm like, type it into the notes app, (laughs) save a TikTok, let's talk about it. So I think like a lot of our conversation today is going to be talking about like the resurgence of the thin ideal that's Mm -hmm. going on now, um, particularly in the fashion and entertainment industry. Um, And then kind of semi-related to that is this like idea of healthism and like how that overlaps with a thin ideal as well as like perpetuating fat phobia. So that is going to be our jumping off point and we will see where the conversation takes us. I'm excited. Wonderful. So um, Marie sent me this TikTok person named Crutches and Spice. Mm-hmm. Marie, do you want to like just tell us a little bit about it, like uh, about this person? Yeah. Um. So her name is Amani, and she is, um, like a disability rights advocate. Um, I don't like know that much about her work because I have this awful habit of like not following following anyone on like any form of like social media but like i'll watch all their videos or like their videos will constantly pop up on my feed and then i just don't actually follow them for some reason um but you know she talks a lot um about being disabled about being black also talks about fat phobia and just like kind of the intersectionality that comes with like all those you know different identities Mm um and Basically, she had created like a video um, or like at least as far as I'm aware of is the first one to have like started talking about this. And since she's talked about it, a lot of people have started talking about it in different ways. And it's this idea that like thin is in again. Um, So I don't know ages of people listening, but if, if as you may or may not know whether you've lived through it or have been impacted by it and like the. 90s and early 2000s the heroin chic quote-unquote or thin very thin beauty ideal was like the standard and while like obviously the thin ideal has never gone away we have like a lot of different like associations with what it means to be thin especially in regards to like desirability and attractiveness um and like the level of privilege that people have for being thin, of course. Um, but with like Kim Kardashian and influencers of various types advertising the um, like quote unquote curvier body type, the slim thick, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, there's that in combination with like the body positivity movement. Yeah. has kind of helped combat that over time a little bit. Yeah, and no, it, I, I, de- I definitely agree. And I think also kind of like this this feminist wave of like, my body is not for men to look at, so it right. can be however it wants to be. And like that kind of thing has also been a big part of it. Right. So I feel like there's in some way, to me, like the Kim K body type is just like a sidestep from the thin ideal. It's right. <laughs> not like any forward progress, in my opinion. But, you know, with like the body positivity movement, what you just mentioned, like those things have progressed us in terms of fighting against like this interpersonal level of fat phobia, um, you know, and promoting the idea that like all bodies are worthy, all bodies are deserving of being loved and taking up space and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, just trying to 
combat against this like hyper thin beauty ideal. But what's been happening recently is there's been a shift and I don't want to misspeak, but I don't know if like I think Amani was talking about it also being kind of related to like the pandemic. Um, and I cannot elaborate on that at this time because I have not watched that video recently, but you can obviously go check her out and um, see what she has to kind of say on the topic. But this like resurgence of the thin ideal that was present in the 90s and early 2000s has come up recently and more people have started talking about it because of how terrifyingly true it is. Um, so like for instance, like recently Torrid kind of like launched um, a new line of clothes, something like that. And all the models that they use to shoot the promotional materials for it, the um, images on the website, things like that, were all mid-size. And when I say mid-size, I mean someone that is between the upper end of straight size and the lower end of plus size so that they can sometimes fit in to straight size clothing, sometimes can fit into plus size clothing. But isn't that like the point of Torrid, right? Mm, the point of Torrid is to be plus size. Plus size clothes. So why wouldn't you use like an actually plus size model? Right. And what's worse is like some of them weren't even just <laughs> in the mid size category where it's like, okay, maybe sometimes they're plus size. Um, like they're using like size eight. You That's know what I dumb. mean? And I, I try not to use like sizes here uh, or like numbers and things like that. But I think it's like important to convey that difference. Yeah, no, totally. And the fact like <laughs> there's like one thing that like people have been talking a lot about and it kind of like blows my mind you know how sometimes where they'll you know say like what size the model is wearing to kind of like give yeah. you like a reference or whatever yeah it's so like, for um, murray and i were recently both shopping on gap.com oh, and yeah. they definitely do that a lot which is kind of helpful but not really to me yeah. like none of the models are ever my size or, or like shape. my build yeah um mm -hmm. they're both extreme ends of like the different of from what I look like mm -hmm. uh so it's not helpful for me but I can see how it's helpful for some people right well what was so bad about this one is the they were kind of like advertising like to get this look here's how you would need to like you know figure out your size like is it a true to size should you size down size up they were like you should size up three sizes to get this look which is like absolutely bizarre and i think like the model like size up three sizes was then able to fit into like a 14 or something like that, that. Is so funny so it's like you're putting a plus size item of clothing on someone who's straight size and saying to you know a fat consumer base plus size consumers saying hey you need to size up three sizes to get this like baggy jeans look. That's silly. That's silly. What if what if you don't make three sizes up from that person's size? Exactly. I mean, like, obviously the person at the highest end of their size range isn't going to be able to do that. That's dumb. It's utterly bizarre. And so it's just like kind of like things like that. And then, you know, in like the with New York Fashion Week happening recently. Right. Again, not an incredible amount of body diversity, although there never really is um, during fashion week. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but a lot of 
um, like pieces and things like that that I've been seeing talked about are again reflecting of like the early 2000s aesthetic which like most people that kind of follow fashion know that like the Y2K trend is like very in low-rise jeans <laughs> as heinous as they are are kind of back in things like that and so with this New York Fashion Week there's a lot of designers that are like really really leaning into that and overemphasizing like the use of like the midriff and things like that mm-hmm. to um style their yeah. clothing do you, you feel know like what I mean? people can like reclaim the midriff as not an insecurity <sighs> that's difficult because i think on one hand i think there's a lot of people in the fashion space that try to but i think it's ultimately not really supported by the fashion industry at large and that's where I think it's like problematic right it's like of course anyone can like reclaim that for themselves but until there's like actual representation on this like media level then that doesn't change societal views of things right so it's like okay you might feel good and comfortable and feeling yourself um you know exposing your midriff at whatever size you are but that's still not going to negate how other people are reacting to you. Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think uh, Miu Miu is like one brand and they had like the little short, short mini skirt situation that personally I think is really ugly looking, but that's just me. Um, But they, um, when they were kind of pushing that brand, they had a plus size model, um, model on the front, magazine in that same article of clothing that they had been putting on really really thin models so it's like that was an example of like okay you know like we're it's fine for um people that don't have a completely flat stomach you know to be wearing our clothing Mm -hmm. but then it's also like that's the only time yeah you know what I mean that's the only time that that's been showcased and from what I was seeing like with this New York Fashion Week um whenever there are plus size models for the most part it's not exposing their bodies in that same kind of way you know because I think it's like especially when it comes to fashion there's always this idea of like you have to do whatever's the most flattering so if you show midriff then it's like gonna be like right under your bra line with like a high-waisted like something so it's like a little bit of skin but like not your entire stomach out, like with like a low rise dream jeans and like a bralette. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I honestly think that like until that's being normalized and celebrated on that higher up level, um, it makes it really, really difficult to kind of like shift cultural ideals around that being like attractive and beautiful and not to say that it isn't um but i think it just like you know makes it harder to universally accept that because we're still pushing the same standards we've always been yeah i mean so i had been i did some research as well on this after like we were saying that and so something else that for okay first to touch on like what you're saying like post-pandemic stuff yeah. Um. There was a study that they did. Let me just pull up the name. Mm-hmm. Um. Th- there's a study that 
that Columbia University did actually on um on like like what happened like everything talking about like oh pandemic weight gain whatever mm. they did a study on like what happened basically to people and they did a content analysis of YouTube videos interesting okay and, yeah um there was like a lot of um like a very large uh population of people that they that they um like people that gained weight during the pandemic um caused um like the state like obesity went up in the year right after the pandemic mm. but the average like person that there was like a significantly higher amount of weight loss and like pandemic weight like how to lose weight whatever whatever went mm-hmm. up dramatically starting in 2021 20 end of 2021 yeah and so those videos the 91 videos top 91 videos mm-hmm. that the, the study was done on had 407,326 views Wow. And like the highest one had 836,438 views and 71% of them were made by women. That's wild to me. So like there's just like an extreme amount of like these videos that went up. They only did the Mm -hmm. top 91 of them. Wow. But a lot of them mentioned in... Only 14, only 14 of these had a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 83, 83 of them, 83%, sorry, 14% of them were trigger warning. Mm-hmm. 83% of them talked about quarantine and 44% of them had like photos, like photo evidence, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like almost every single one of them mentioned exactly how much they lost and gained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was just like, just really interesting stuff. We can link to it. Um, but yeah, so in, in terms of like why that is coming up post pandemic, I would say yeah. maybe like the whole media frenzy of like pandemic weekend, pandemic weekend really, scare right. people into thinking oh this isn't normal even if it wasn't a part of their life where it would be normal to gain weight you know, you know what? what I mean yeah because I was thinking about that while you were talking because to me at least like for the extent that COVID's been going on the actual quarantine portion of it was so minute mm-hmm. you know what I mean compared yeah. to everything else and like even with working from home you know like I, I can see how that can change certain people's lifestyles like obviously I was uh, in school mm-hmm. at the time um and then moved to what would have been like an office job more or less so I mean like to me that level of normal didn't seem like all that much different from like right. what my lifestyle was like before but to me like it's a little hard to wrap my brain around like the the extent to which the media was like, oh my goodness, we're all in quarantine. So therefore we're all going to gain weight. Like, it's just like a little confusing to me. And I 
wonder the exact same thing that you were wondering is like, did it just coincide also, like for people that did experience that, did it in part just coincide with like where they were at in life? You yeah, I mean, I mean, for sure. I think, for example, like mm-hmm. I I had my second puberty in my like, <laughs> 19, yeah. 20, 21 years old mm-hmm. and I did gain a significant amount of weight in that time. Um, and for people that were 20, 21, maybe they also did and they attributed that to pandemic stress Mm -hmm. but uh, then to be fair not like it's not fair but some people's eating habits exercise habits did drastically change during the lockdown period and it like became maybe like a habit or something right to eat a different amount of food which Mm -hmm. would cause you to gain weight which is fine but also like just the label of oh this is the pandemic weight maybe like shocked people I guess like maybe what I'm trying to get at too is it felt like while we were in it it's like the same thing of like going to college yeah they're like oh no watch out for the freshman 15 it was like as soon as like we were in quarantine it's like oh no watch out for that quarantine weight that you're gonna gain like it's like the the fear of gaining it was there before like it could even be a possibility or an actuality and that's why it's like, and maybe this is just like my perspective, it almost feels like the reverse. Mm-hmm. Everyone went into this mindset of like, oh, well, I have so much like free time and I need to use all of it to better myself, which means yeah. make myself thinner and exercise more to be like the quote unquote best version of myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like, um, and and I know like it is true in terms of like what I've seen in terms of other people's content on like TikTok that like you know there's some people that did gain weight throughout the pandemic and you know that's fine it's a morally neutral thing um but it also feels like equally as true that a lot of people like try to up their exercise regimen and eat quote unquote better there's especially I feel like in the the post the post-lockdown time, mm-hmm. like immediate post-lockdown time, that's right. when it ramped up a lot, right. the, the weight loss people. Yeah, I agree. And another like kind of interesting thing that I think kind of ties back to like the resurgence of that thin ideal is I feel like in lockdown, there can't say this with any level of fact or certainty but I feel like it prompted people to turn to social media more yeah right yeah for sure um there's like several creators that weren't creating content before pan- the pandemic and now yeah. they were during the pandemic because it was something to do and then equally on the other side is like a consumer downloading TikTok <laughs> during the pandemic everyone yep. did that I mean maybe it just coincided with TikTok popping off but um, I really think that I would not have really used TikTok if there hadn't been the lockdown time because I was just really right. busy. Like I was like the last person to get Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. 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 So if it hadn't coincided with it, then I don't think I would have ever like made a, an account or anything. Right. And I don't know. I just feel like with the greater um, media consumption mm-hmm. and I, I don't say this to like demonize the media in any, like I, I yeah. do not have a, bigger pet peeve than like 
old people being like, social media is the devil and it's <laughs> awful and horrible and it's ruining the lives of everybody. Like, chill. <laughs> but with the uh, with it being so accessible, all the level of like weight loss videos, videos about what I eat in a day, um, watching influencers try to quote unquote live their best life, um, and fashion being brought to the forefront, right? And therefore, as a result, like beauty ideals around fashion and things like that, like I feel like it's all so much more accessible now in a way that like in the 2000s when this was originally happening, it's like you had your magazine delivered to your house and or like at the grocery store. And right. I think like they're kind of like equally as bad in that way. But I've never spent multiple hours reading a magazine, but I have spent multiple hours scrolling <laughs> TikTok. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so just I, more. There's more more to see. Yes, exactly. And like another point, social media, TikTok pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this BuzzFeed news article, which we all know is the most trustworthy news. Yes. Um <laughs> that in the pandemic, a lot of people were really nostalgic and they were so that's mm-hmm. kind of brought back like these 90s movies, 90s trends mm. or Y2K movies and Y2K trends. And then that's also kind of what's bringing back this like thin ideal is that some people in order to really recreate the looks, maybe they feel like they need to recreate the look. Right. Uh, like not appreciating the style for what it is, but thinking you have to you know, look the part or whatever. Right. Um, mm, that's interesting. Which is like fun, fun and exciting. But like this person they they quoted for the, for this article they interviewed said like like the toxic super skinny standard um, runs rampant in that area era is like people are afraid it will come back mm, yeah. because of this. You know, but even though like we can say all we want like oh no like everything is made now with size inclusivity like it's not true you know what I mean I don't think that's ever been true unfortunately like I think unfortunately people in larger bodies have been fighting for size inclusivity for a long time and then in addition to that they're like uh, what's like the phrase like given a bone kind of thing where it's like okay yeah we'll give you up to a 2x and we're size inclusive. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's not inclusive, but you know what I mean? And I don't know if I said this earlier. Did I talk about Kim K reversing her BBL? No, you didn't. Oh my God. Okay. So that's like another like layer to all this. It's obviously their Kardashians have really influenced Somehow. I don't know who gave them the power. Obviously we did, but I don't know why or how. Not me. <laughs> Not me personally. I have no. yet to watch one episode of their show. Yeah, neither have I. But somehow in their fame, they have, you know, greatly influenced the idea of like being curvy and that being the ideal. And like obviously we've seen how many people they've prompted to get BBLs to get that look. Um and now, recently, both with Kim and Chloe um, undergoing significant weight loss and may or may not have gotten additional surgeries to 
quote unquote, like reverse the effects of the BBLs that they've gone done earlier are now once again, like buying into this, like um, thin is in kind of beauty ideal thing. And so to like have them also be partaking in it means that it's also pushing people in that direction. You know what I mean? In the same way that they were promoting a body type that most people can only get through surgery. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't really know what Kim Kardashian looked like before. You know, like, I could, that's so what's I don't so know hard if too. this is her normal body, what it was before. Because it also could be, like, just because she got a divorce from Kanye West and, like, maybe he just really liked that look. Well, do you know, know, it's interesting. Because then... Um, oh, his new his girlfriend, name. what's her name? Julia, Julia Fox? Fox. Yes. He on the other hand as far as i'm aware pressured her to lose all the weight that she lost so i don't necessarily i i don't know what's up with that but all i'm saying is i don't think that this is like a natural weight for her to be at or a natural yeah. way for her to look because it also makes me think of the marilyn monroe dress situation at the Met true Gala. true 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 and her talking about how she this is so dumb <laughs> lost weight to fit into that dress that's so and i dumb. think it's like it's it's the same it's the fact that like they talk about like these are the eating behaviors that we're engaging in in order to and like the exercising behaviors that we are engaging in, in order to obtain our bodies they've always been like that regardless of like what weight or shape they've had and so that's what like leads me to believe like that that wherever their body is now is not like a happy place for their body to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're still actively engaging in disordered eating behaviors. <laughs> I'm gonna call for what it is. And I think um, it's also kind of cultural appropriation. Yeah, there's a whole I there I don't know the name of the YouTuber. I watched a whole video about um, like the BBL slim thick situation and yeah. like um, the crossover of and that. Like just because it's not trendy anymore, they are getting rid of a part of their body that, you know, you would say is more attributed to people of color, which is. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, there's a lot to unpack there that I think is a little outside of our scope, personally. However, I, I think, like, the bottom line of, like, where this is, like, leading me to, and ironically, I did see a TikTok of someone kind of, like, expressing similar feelings and how it was impacting them personally. Yeah. But it's, like, with this direction that we're heading back, I have I have one more oh yeah I have one more thing so I was watching a video it's this youtuber named Scala Dondo Mm. and she was saying that a reason that could be is also because of k-pop k-popularity of k-pop more interesting so um like a lot of k-pop stars are like really really small yeah like very very small and it's very um like uh, normal 
um, in the like kind of K-pop industry to like force these idols, as they call them, these mm-hmm. idols to be thin. Yeah. Um, and like it's like very like people that are like diehard K-pop stands are like, yeah, like they're naturally like that. Like you're naturally like this, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Even though the stars themselves are always like oh like I'm on a diet that the the industry is making me be on like my manager only lets me eat xyz whatever yikes mm-hmm. and so like they are a lot of them are really suffering from eating disorders right. obviously but now like with the popularity of k-pop in the u.s like going up and up and up mm-hmm. people are also debating that that could be a reason for the resurgence of thin being in right that's very interesting like the impact of like global beauty ideals on mm-hmm. beauty ideals in the united states that is very especially like a lot of k-pop fans are young girls right right like right. everybody i know that is obsessed with k-pop is like 16 Mm. Everyone that but I then know again, I do know a lot of 16-year-olds. That's fair. I only know Mike's Mike. My name is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he literally likes K-pop. <laughs> Anyways, that tells you what kinds of things I watch on YouTube. Um, yeah. No, that's a fair point. And interestingly, I, I don't know if this is related at all, but I did see like a fashion like breakdown video talking about how... Um, Nope, I'm going to get, I'm, I can't pronounce the name of this designer and I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm not going to try. Um, but one designer was like influenced by um, Japanese designers, I think is mm-hmm. what was said in this video. Um, so it's like interesting because I wonder like how their beauty ideals surrounding fashion, if yeah. that's being the inspiration for other fashion designers that are being seen here. Mm-hmm. Just interesting to me. Um. But yeah, I guess like kind of like the concluding point of where this like all this stuff going on leaves us with is how is this going to impact the number of people (laughs) potentially developing eating disorders in the future, people in the recovery that are being triggered, you know what I mean, by this resurgence of that kind of ideal and also to kind of like emphasize it's not even just like the general idea of like being thin it's a very specific type of being thin Mm -hmm. that you know makes me of the tumblr thin spo days you know what i mean like it's like awful and yeah it's just like it's upsetting like in and some levels because I didn't even, you know, fully live through that era. Like, we were children. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? Arguably, that's worse, though. This is what's so strange. You know what I mean? Say more. Like, that's what you saw all the time. Even if no one said anything to you directly about it because you were a child, it's like, what was around you? It's all mm-hmm. that you consumed. It's your, your mom consumed. Oh, okay. That's was projected that's an into way to your think about mind. It. Like this is what a woman should look like. Everything you see mm. is that, even though you, no one had to tell you, mm-hmm. like that's what you learned. Interesting. No, that's interesting because I think 
I haven't quite thought about it like that because um, Gray, who's been on this podcast before, talks mm-hmm. about like living through it as like a teenager. Right. And that's traumatic. Right. In its own so way. Early, yeah. And how like growing up with that as like a teenager, like she feels like had a very direct impact on her. Right. And I've always said to her, well, like that unfortunately got ingrained to me into me also as the beauty ideal. Like Kim Kardashian's body type you know, with the BBL, it was, like, never Mm-mm. what I saw as being the ideal. No. And I didn't know if it was just, like, me feeling that way and some weird combination of, like, I don't know, stuff in my mind. But I think that's an interesting point now that you say that, like, maybe it's, like, a little bit more sinister. It's like, no, I can't necessarily remember. Yeah, but it's... like all like all of that necessarily Mm -hmm. but it's I was also still somehow very aware of it enough that it like impacted my thought process of like what was considered attractive and durable Mm -hmm. that's how I feel at least and like especially like ballet drama yeah right but it's fine. I feel like I have, I have, I've, I've, I've been contending with this for a while, like mm. not being a ballet dancer anymore and like having to be okay with that. And then yeah, not holding myself to a ballet standard with my own body anymore. Right. And that's like kind of, I feel like what we would have to do as, as a society to like escape right. the Y2K ideal is like accepting that that's not, that's not the look. Right. And that's like what's so hard because it's like as an individual, there's not a lot that you yourself can do. Right. In order to like combat an ideal that like has more or less always existed, just like in varying forms of like severity, mm-hmm. if you will. Um and it seems like like as I was referencing earlier, I saw um, a TikTok where someone was talking about like how she's been in recovery for several years. She works within the fashion industry as it relates to entertainment. Like mm-hmm. she's like a stylist or something like that, cool. I think. Um, and she was talking about, you know, like that she's been solid in her recovery and this resurgence is currently impacting her. Okay. You know what I mean? And um, I think it's just like difficult because like, for you know people maybe that have like started doing the work in terms of like addressing those like beauty ideals and how that plays into like their eating disorder or just like general body image and relationship with food and things like that it can be triggering to have this influx again of that yeah. um body type being promoted mm-hmm. and then also like on the flip side to maybe people that are still actively struggling I feel like this only makes it harder to unlearn those kinds of like narratives and societal messages and stuff yeah and I mean like I guess like I feel pretty lucky in the sense that I feel like there's like maybe just like a level of cognitive distance in my mind (laughs) like in that like one sense I feel like I am impacted. I am impacted by this idea of like, 
oh, but only if only you were thinner, that would make you more lovable, more attractive, yeah. whatever. But it's also like that exists in one noisy part of my brain. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of my brain just like, eh, we don't pay attention to that part. Like, because I mean, like, yeah, at this point, like, I'm not acting on any of those kinds of thoughts. I know it's a fruitless endeavor. It's yeah. not going to make me feel any better about myself. I've been um, kind of feeling the exact same way. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Like, I'm hard. not going to do anything, but I'm also right. like, uh, okay. Yeah, it's hard because you have to, like, let the chatter be there. Yeah. And, like, yeah, at times it impacts my mood when I'm, like, in my feels. And already, oh, my gosh. You know yesterday, me? yesterday was a rough one for me. Mm. You can ask Noam. I literally laid on my bed. I was like, <gasps> I don't like anything. I oh, want to go yeah. to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I just got my period this morning. So I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Every month it's a trying time. The day I was like, why do I feel so, so bad about myself? And then Aww. I was like, we were walking out the door yesterday. I was like, I think I'm going to get my period this week. Boom. This morning woke up. Yeah. She's like, hey, I'm back. Yeah down evil evil <laughs> no but i feel so i felt so much better today i was like do, 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 do. <laughs> now you're good now, now you're i'm good. good i'm 100 yeah i don't know um i guess like the only this is like i guess like maybe the point of sharing this was like these are my <laughs> concerns and fears yeah but i do think like the one thing that you can do on an individual level to kind of help combat this for yourself or at least like safeguard you know yourself is like intentionally really trying to diversify your social media feed whatever you use and (laughs) I've always been like the kind of person like okay yeah unfollow the people that like upset you whatever whatever okay I don't follow anybody from my high school that I don't talk to anymore truly yeah sometimes I wonder how they're doing and then I'm like "Eh, I don't care that much that's funny um do you want to hear something funny that our listeners won't care about yeah Um, (laughs) um one of my friends went to a birthday party for someone that we apparently went to high school with but Uh I have no recollection of him Um, And she said it was a high school reunion, like Sherwood people slash UMD slash she said like another school or something like that. I was like, that sounds terrifying and overwhelming. Someone just invited all their high school friends to their birthday party. I guess. Or maybe like, did you not make any new friends? Like, I mean, I made like four (laughs) new friends total, but like, that's kind of sad. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I was like, I like she was like name dropping people that I was like, I haven't I didn't think I'd ever hear that name again. You know I what mean, I mean? To be like, fair, to be fair, okay, to be fair, if you went to University of Maryland, then you probably didn't need to make new friends because no. all the same people went there. Yes. That's true. right. Like then you kind of like knew a lot of people. I feel like that's like a state school thing. Yeah. Like a lot of people I went to SUNY Purchase, a lot of people who went to purchase came from LaGuardia. Mm. the school of the arts in new york city and they stayed friends with each other so i guess they didn't make that many new friends either right it's just a state school thing i guess just what happens interesting Uh, anyway anyways no matter (laughs) that was a tangent um 
but yeah i do think it's like important because right now like my tiktok feed when i'm not just like rapidly scrolling past things because it's the algorithm's weird um like being on a fat liberation Mm -hmm. body positive um interacting with just like a lot of fat creators whether it's like in terms of fashion or talking about fat phobia um that helps of course like following people of all varying identities you know not just body size helps I think and maybe like people are already doing this I still find it really difficult to like follow people that are similar body shape and size to you because I think sometimes people say that too it's like oh find people that look like you nobody looks like me you look like me and that's about it that's about it I like don't know any the thing is I don't really know people in real life that look like me either Mm -hmm. I'm a mystery (laughs) we're just little anomalies yeah so not not to think that I'm like so special and unique but it's like honestly like in my world I don't really know people that look like me yeah I think it's because I'm like athletic but also like I don't have an athletic body so <laughs> and then it just kind of turned out like this I don't know but you still have like a very strong body I have a strong body but it's like not what not what you think it's gonna be you know yeah. like maybe like a soccer player like maybe I need to look up soccer players I think that maybe. that's gonna help us yeah we need to find some soccer players because they got the strong quads right <laughs> got the strong quads and then the, the, the quad sm- representation the small boobs right exactly. that's about it yeah so <sighs> i mean it's great if you can i feel like um people should do that but i'm still like most people most people should be fine doing that just like yeah. <laughs> just not me yeah but if you do look like me follow me and i'll follow you back true very but you have to find some good outfits because i don't have any this is a lie i'm struggling we're gonna chat later about it okay (laughs) i'm struggling too but you know here we are um do we have more more to say on this topic or do Um, you wanna let me let me look at my let me look at my notes yeah um hmm you know, I think the only thing I have left to say mm-hmm. is, <clears throat> yeah, so. <laughs> Tasting the thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like, <sighs> I feel like this also ties in this whole, like, with um the other thing you wanted to talk about, which was, like, healthism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they're very connected. Yeah. Do you want to um, share, like, your perspective on this connection? And, like, I can talk about this TikTok video again. For sure. So, yeah. um, I feel like people are really ramping up. And, like, I've always, like, had people like this in my life for some reason. That's, like, oh, just, like, food in America just, like, is so bad for you. Like, even... Even the mm. corn is bad for you. Like it even makes the broccoli, the bread. I'm not gluten free in another country. It's just the bread in America. I like, hate those videos. Like for some reason, I feel like that's even more happening now, and it's kind of overlapping with this like, oh, like skinny fit. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? Like 
that's like kind of happening. Yeah. I that's that's my connection. That's it. <laughs> yes, I 100% agree. Because there's this one mom who will not get off my for you page. I feel like, and she's always talking about like well, my kids. Like when we were in France, they didn't want a snack ever. But now that we're back home, they're asking for snacks all the time. Okay, How wait, awful. sorry, sorry, sorry. Just the mom that's always on my For You page is yeah. the one mom that has like eight kids and they all play the violin or something. Who is that? And they like just moved to New York and they're like, my children are all going to go to Juilliard. And like their four-year-old child is like good at playing the violin. Like not great, but like she's already good. And like the other kids are like amazing and they have like videos of them like playing the violin when they're like three years old. I'm like, stop. Sorry. That's, That's unrelated. Bizarre. But I can't believe they force their kids to <laughs> like play the violin. They're like, we have an orchestra. I'm like, no, you don't. You have literally robot children. <laughs> but if they unrelated. only play violins, how is that an well, orchestra? Well, some of them play the viola. Some of them play oh, the cello. Diversity. That's Got a all the strings. Strings, strings orchestra. Okay. Where's the French horn? I need a baritone. Thank you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I like, the culture of America is too many snacks. Like, well, that's what's the thing. It's like she wasn't even like perpetuating it as a cultural thing. She was demonizing like American food. Like American food is addictive. We put preservatives, whatever, whatever. I don't know what in all of our snacks and that makes our kids crave them more and it's just like all i'm hearing through all this is like i hate that my kids eat snacks because i think it's gonna make them fat and being fat is bad and we also if the kids are older now than they were in france then maybe they just need more i don't think no i don't think they were i don't think that was like necessarily part of the issue because it sounded like it was like a Oh. It was like a comparison of like before we left for France and then we we're in France for, you know, a couple of weeks for vacation. Sometimes and we came back when home. you're excited, you forget that you're hungry. Yes, there was. Um, uh, there's a dietitian. Uh, she's OK. Uh, her name is Abby Sharp. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had orthorexia or whatever. So she, you know, talks a lot about um, mm-hmm. nutrition and tries to, you know, break down the um, diet culture things that seep into people's uh, thoughts and opinions around nutrition. Um, so that's all good and well. So she reacted to this mom. And that was one of her points. She was like, well, maybe it's just like the novelty of being in this new country, having different things to do. It's like you're not turning. And I don't know if she... I, I think the conversation could just end it there. Like the novelty of being in a new country, you're having a completely different routine than normal. But, you know, she kind of then added to say like, you know, sometimes like we do turn to snacks just as like something to do or like, you know, maybe we have like association with like right before soccer, soccer practice, we get X, Y, and Z snack and yada, yada, whatever. So like being completely off your routine in a novel place that's you know exciting and different and new it's like you're not turning to like food to create some level of like dopamine you know in in your life so it's like there's so many reasons for that observed difference but then to immediately kind of like start demonizing food is bonkers to me because one I don't appreciate the fat phobic undertones from that as if there's like something wrong with snacking there's not you know um Especially I feel like personally, 
I mostly eat snacks <laughs> to survive. Like, right. I'm a busy person. You have I'm to. I'm walking, taking the trains, mm-hmm. going to and fro. I don't always have a time to eat a meal. So I eat a lot of snacks. And even when I do eat meals, I'm still hungry because right. I'm not so much of like a big meal person. So I do need snacks. And like, it's just annoying when people yeah. don't understand that. Right. And I think the other thing that bothers me about it, it's like, again, like, even if that were true, even if somehow the food in France is magically superior, which I'm laughing because, like, it's not. Like, you know, all those, like, YouTube videos where it's, like, snacks in this country versus snacks in this country. Like, all countries have quote-unquote junk food. (laughs) They all exist. You know what I mean? Like, um but like i see people that are like what my kid eats in france it's like a my kid eats a chocolate croissant for breakfast (laughs) and then eats a croissant with tomato for lunch Mm -hmm. like they're just eating the same thing but just like like slightly different cultural differences right exactly and so it's just like bonkers to me that we're trying to like place all this blame on American food. It's like, but you live in this country. Like, what are we going to do about it? Like, even if there was like some crazy thing that's making everyone here addicted to food. Again, I still think that has fat phobic undertones because it's saying that like food is the cause for fatness. Yeah. Which is like not true. Yeah. Not necessarily, not widespread. People's body size is genetically determined. Mostly. In mm-hmm. comparison to anything else. So, you know, to put all this just, blame on food is yeah, like... it's not just food. It's like the energy you put out in the world. It's the amount of the food that you eat. It's the, you know, wh- what do you do with your body? You know, that's that could uh, be a part of like change what how your body changes or how your body looks compared to someone that lives in another mm-hmm. country. It's a, like a lifestyle thing. Right. So it's like obviously a lot more complex if if that even like has any significant factors, right? Like outside of like the genetic baseline that you're operating at, right? Um lifestyle is gonna look so different in different places for different reasons, right? But then also too <laughs> when she was like talking about the snacks that she gave her kids here in America, it was not really any different than like like, they were normal. It was, like, apple and peanut butter. Like, that's normal. Like, why are you demonizing that? I, it's just, like, like is I don't... she upset that they wanted apples and peanut butter? Or is she upset, like, they wanted more apples and peanut butter? Yeah. That's what she seemed upset about, was, it's like, the, the snacking in her eyes was excessive. It was the fact that they were, quote-unquote, constantly asking for snacks. And it's, like, one, how do you not... How do you know your kid's just not hungry? <laughs> like, first and foremost. But then, two, it's, like... Even when you're giving them all these quote unquote like healthified versions mm-hmm. of snacks because you're afraid of chips or whatever, right? Like what's the the disconnect is like confusing to me. I I just like cannot wrap my head around it. I don't get it. But it's like the other thing that so the this other video that that we watched, mm-hmm. like this person was like complaining about their food in America being more unhealthy, but it's like you could just buy different brands. 
the foods. May, that's like what if you're I'd really like. concerned about mm-hmm. what is it being in the pre-cooked food that you're buying. If you're really super concerned, just buy a different brand. I don't like. I don't know. I don't even think like that's the issue because it sounds like when I'm hearing these kinds of things, it's like, um, it's like universal. Like there's nothing specific that they're pinpointing yeah. other than like, for instance, like when you mentioned like the gluten here yeah. in America versus gluten there, like can't eat bread here causes erection, but can eat bread there. And like, I've seen, I've looked at the comments of some of those videos and they're trying to like explain how they're might be actual differences based like where food is produced and the way in which things are produced and like yes there are seemingly more um regulations in certain countries in comparison to our country in terms of like what the fda says whatever but regardless of that like when it comes to like um this idea of like feeling bad or like food makes me feel bad in some way like it's never specific it always kind of is like well, everything's making me <laughs> feel better, yeah. but it's like, so I don't even think it's like a changing, like a brand kind of situation. It's like people almost feel like they need to just like eliminate that food completely. Yeah. You know, that's danger and that's zone. Where that's I don't the like. danger zone. Right. Exactly. I want to, um, how, you, how do you then avoid that? How do you stop this from happening to you? You know what I mean? like the orthorexic tendencies or like like, I think you need to I mean if I say don't be dumb does that mean (laughs) no because I agree with that I think it's it's not necessarily about being dumb it's don't believe everything you see on the internet to be true and don't blame everything in your life on food get an allergy test you know like don't do it yourself go to the doctor get an allergy test but then also, people do like the food intolerance kits and things like that's valid. No, go to the go to the real doctor. I know. Don't just like buy it on Wikipedia, like Amazon.com. I think like ultimately, like, truly, what the issue is, and this is why it's like I don't think it's necessarily people being dumb. <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I think much like the thin ideal, there's the individualistic mindset and a societal mm, norm is not the right word message message that's saying like health is correlated with both your body size and both with food and it's like that you have your the responsibility to be healthy right it's like kind of this, this ableist message of like Right. Yeah, Health yeah. is in your control. Yeah. And if only you did X, Y, and Z things, you would be healthy, mm-hmm. which is like not true at all. But we have that like messaging around us. And I think that's what leads people down these paths of saying, like, yeah. oh, well, it must be the food that I'm eating. And, and it's also like in addition to that, and maybe I should, this is where I should talk about this other video, but, um, when people start distrusting the medical system, which like kind of valid. <laughs> I was, I was about more. to say that. I was about to say that. Like when you've tried everything and no, the doctors don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
um, or like this isn't working, this isn't working, you one, try to take it into your own hands, two, you go see a quote unquote holistic professional. Yeah. Right? And you start looking down the avenues of alternative medicine, yada, yada. Which and is I'm, valid. It's Which not is to valid. knock any of that, but I do think there's so- certain things about like that industry that also bothers me. Like this idea of like, oh, everyone just has like a leaky gut and some bacterial overgrowth. And if only you take 500 million supplements that I can only give you that Um, cost a million dollars. It's like the ads ads on the subway. Oh, remember how I told you about those ads on the subway that were like, this pill is like eating 12 oranges. Right. So they put up now they put up an asterisk on the ad that says (laughs) this product is not meant to replace food. Thank God that they did that. But like, oh, my God, about time. Yeah, no one was very, very upset about those ads. He had a little, you were very angry at the ads. He's not listening. He has earphones (laughs) and he's eating nuts. Nice. Um, Yeah. So, okay, let me, let me describe this video in full. Cause I think we're touching on some of the things that I wanted to talk about anyways, but just so everyone's on the same page here. So I did not write down this uh, creator's name cause I, because why would you don't really want to promote the video i just want to tell you what happened right so it's like uh, to set the scene is a picture of her standing in what looks like to be her kitchen Mm -hmm. in a maybe like sports bra or crop top and like sweatpants that are rolled over yes it is okay got it um and she's a visibly thin and athletic person Mm mm-hmm and has like the text on the screen that says point of view you've been told you're healthy your whole life and yet you still don't feel healthy and she like starts off by saying to be a healthy person in america takes so much work yada 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 she starts talking about things that she's experiencing she says that i get lightheaded when i stand up i'm tired all the time my body odors off i don't know what that means (laughs) i really don't but okay like like Um, like you smell good instead of bad like what is that supposed to mean i don't know well how would you know if there was a difference in your body odor like like maybe one day you smelled pretty bad and the next day like you smelled bad in a different way like maybe i I don't know Sweat All of a sudden you start like, smelling like garlic. If you ate asparagus, so. then obviously your pee's going to be green. Like, I don't know what you want. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and she said, I don't get a period. Okay, well, that's so bad. She was basically talking about, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but she was basically saying, like, because she is thin. I don't know if she really said it in these words, but this is what she was implying. She goes to the doctor. She says, I don't feel well. They're like, mm, you look healthy. And, like, you know, her blood work comes up normal maybe she has slightly low blood pressure or something like that it's like okay whatever you're fine and obviously the undertone of that is like she is visibly thin she states that she's you know uh or was a d1 athlete Mm -hmm. um was a nutrition major yada 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 and and then what happened and so you know the doctors are dismissing that she like doesn't feel well in the names I, in the ways that I described, and so she's like, okay, well I'm going to take this into my own hands. I want to figure out this health thing once and for all. I'm going to take my IED out. I'm going to start sink uh, sinking my cycle. I'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. Fine exercises that work for me. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. So that's kind of like the overall premise of this video. My first thought when I saw the video, because obviously my brain just like ignored the body odor part. Yes. And I'm realizing it also kind of ignored like IUD piece, but I was like, 
lighthanded, lightheaded when you stand up, tired all the time, and you don't get your period. That means you need some food, friend, or water, or both. Mm-hmm. Food yeah. and water, <laughs> the basics of life. Like, that to me sounds like underfueling. And could that be for a variety of other reasons that are also very much not in her control? Yes. Yeah. But. I mean, the other piece with the IUD and stuff. So this is why I'm afraid to get an IUD. Mm. Okay. Like, scary. To me, scary. Um, like, the, 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 it just, uh, I've heard, like, a lot of horror stories about IUDs and also mm. breast implants. Um, just, like, <laughs> messing with yeah. the blood in your body. Mm. So, like, for, for me personally, I wouldn't do that. And that tracks with some of the horror stories I've heard of IUDs, which has nothing to do with food. Sorry. So that's that. Right. But then also separately, I'm very mad about this whole like demonization of birth control. No, birth control is fine. In all regards. Like like, it doesn't matter if it's the pill or any like other kind of contraceptive. It's like they all mess with their hormones and it's horrible. And uh, you know what I mean? And to me, I think ultimately like it's again, all rooted, rooted in the fat phobia of everything it's like of course yeah if being on birth control for whatever reason is impacting your mental health in terms of like you feel more depressed you feel more anxious mm-hmm. or things caveat unrelated to your body right like yeah maybe that's something to like explore with your doctor or whatever right but like the problem always when people are talking about getting off of contraceptives or wanting to get off contraceptives is like, oh, well, being on the pill made me gain weight. Ugh, that's annoying. Because, like, that's that's not what I'm afraid of, of being on the right. uh, IUD is like, is, like, when people are like, yeah, and then my nervous system shut down because they're an <laughs> intruder. Or like when right. someone's like, I get a migraine every day. It's because there's mercury in my in my body now. Like, oh my God. that sounds yeah, scary. Yeah, that's completely different. But I feel like the like fat phobic like conversations around like birth control causing weight gain because it's impacting your hormones. Yeah, is like I don't know. It just like makes me really upset. And then to like then promote like oh, I got off the pill, and, like, look how thin I am now again, and isn't that so great? No one should be on birth control. And it's like, bruh, some of us need to be on birth control, number one. We don't really get a choice. Yeah. Um, And then, number two, like, what effective contraceptive methods are you using, then? Please. Yeah, like, are you good? Like, uh, are you safe? (laughs) I don't know. But regardless, that's not the point of this. And so I did realize afterwards, maybe perhaps she is not having her period because sometimes IUDs stop you from bleeding. Yeah, that, there um, we go. So, yes, potential there, uh, like you said, couldn't be completely unrelated to food. But it's just, like, interesting how quickly we want to jump to this idea of um, how can I eat better? And... Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, can I make sure I'm eating enough? And it makes me think of, like, Stephanie Buttermore, right? Where mm-hmm. um, she was completely underfueling her body. She had the extreme hunger. Um, she had all these symptoms of a menorrhea without actually losing her period, as far yeah. as I recall. And, like, she was kind of like, I, like, 
I guess this is normal. I guess it's just me. I guess I'm just yeah. a hungry gal. You know what I mean? Like that's how she like Same. rationalized at first. I know me too. Um, but you know, when she was able to like fully understand what she was going through, she was like, Oh, oh shit. I need to eat more. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. like, I mean, that's similar to like what happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like a lot of people are kind of like willing to overlook how being malnourished impacts your health. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it must be something else. Right. Or like you don't want to give it up. Right. Or sick. Um, but also like even if because like I don't know this person, I don't know what a relationship with food is like, right? right? But it's like, you know, for some people, that's like the start. Especially if you're a nutrition major, okay? Right. That's like already a red this, flag. Like, I know. <laughs> you have all this, like, information. Yeah. As, as I'm conflicting, because I will say the nutrition and science is, like, I was going to say, hopefully they're in a real, actually teaching them place to be a nutrition major and not, like, yeah. like a fat phobic, like, actually Here's spread diets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. So, so many people are so quick to like turn to like, well, there must be like a way that I can control my diet, which I feel like is a recipe for having, you know, this black and white thinking around food mm-hmm. of like, this food is good and this food is bad. And if I don't eat this exactly right way, then I'm going to feel bad. Or even opposite, not even just trying to feel, um, to feel better when you're at a state of feeling bad. Yeah, but it's also like when it comes to like more of the healthism concept, where it's like uh, this form of like self-actualization of like I'm becoming the best version of myself, where I feel the best all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like that prompts people to start new diets. Yeah, right, and try to see like what's the best diet. Like it's giving uh, veganism in 2015. The uh, amount of people that go like, oh. Being a fruitarian makes me just feel so alive. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it makes it just me feel makes you so shit good. yourself every freaking day. That's it. Right. Like, I have so much energy, which is, like, truly not what the actual experience was um, for a lot of people. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's either, like, the trying to, like, make yourself better, whether that's make yourself thinner, and disguising that as, like, being healthier. Or pursuing health, right? Yeah. Um, or I guess like already feeling bad in some way and thinking like your diet has to be the cause of that, which I feel like could be the case sometimes, but certainly not all the time. I feel like if you care enough to be like, I think something's like wrong, you're not eating in a way that's actually harmful to you. You know what I mean? Like, Nothing you like could, you know what I mean? Like if you're eating like straight up non-nutritious foods for all your meals and you'd never, you never drink water, you you know what I mean? Like if if that's you, I feel like you don't, you're not this kind of person that's like looking inwardly and being like, being concerned about your health. Right. (laughs) Right. And this is so interesting to me too, in terms of like, uh, eating disorder archetypes, if you will. Yeah. Like for me, bro, I've never cared about my health a second in my life. 
<laughs> because like honestly like and i know i've shared this story before i will share it again um in one of my treatment centers we did this thing where mm, it was like one side of the wall meant like you agree with a statement or something like that and the other side of the wall meant like you disagreed with a statement right and it was like during our um we had these like nights this was when i was like in in like PHP or IOP or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe IOP because it was that night. Um, where like family or supports could come. Right? Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, those are always a doozy. Um, but yeah, so it'd be like a statement would be read aloud and you'd like say like how much you agree or, you know, don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And one of the statements was like, I care about my health. <laughs> Do you know how many of us went over to the side of the wall and said, yep, that's me. Barely any of us. Because that's so and funny. like the reason they, I mean like, that's sad, but it's like I so know. funny. But <laughs> the reason they included it in there is because like being sick comes with a lot of negative or can. Of course it isn't for everyone and it's fine if it didn't for you, but it can come with like a lot of negative impacts to your health. Like right. the amount of people that develop IBS after having an eating disorder, having your hair fall out, um, you know, being at risk in terms of like your internal organs, right? Mm-hmm. Failing and being able to sustain you. Um, that's serious stuff. The mm-hmm. amount of people that actually cared about that, no. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like different in terms of like, you know, just struggling with any kind of like restrictive eating disorder versus like specifically orthorexia when mm-hmm. there is like a focus on the morality and health piece depending I think that kind of is like the overlap of like OCD with orthorexia right yeah yeah definitely so so yeah guys it's just like interesting watch out but stranger danger (laughs) stranger danger at all (laughs) (laughs) this is what happens when we record at night wait sorry what was it so like there's like that John Mulaney special where he like is like the cop. Street smarts. <laughs> Why are we thinking? Oh, because the stranger danger. My like, brain's that's what I was trying to say. I was trying to say street smarts. Street smarts but you just said but it came out street <laughs> Be smart <laughs> about diet culture. Yeah, it's like diet culture, stranger, danger. Yeah. That's our Basically. new uh, slogan. <laughs> um. Okay, other things that I wanted to say about this, though, um, is I think, ironically, our video showed fat phobia in the medical industry. Yeah. Medical profession, right? I I 100% agreed. Because there's maybe something wrong with her, like, for real. Like, maybe she has a real problem and just, like... But then for her to be ignored, and I'm not, like, trying to compare this in level, like being traumatic or hurtful but it's it's like almost the opposite coin of like when fat people go to the doctor they say here's this thing wrong with me and then they're just told "Mm, well you just need to lose weight yeah you know what I mean no it's the exact opposite side of the coin yeah but it's like still the same coin of like ah the belief that like then people are automatically healthy and fat people are automatically unhealthy yeah it's just like again she could be physically fine and just have some mental stuff going on yeah, and truly, we will never know. It's just like I, yeah, will not. I will not keep tabs with her. Right. Best of luck to you, friend. But right, I just like don't like this. I don't like the further perpetuation 
of the narrative that like you are in control of your own health, especially by thin people. Mm -hmm. Because then I feel like there's a very easy conflation with like the desire to be healthy is synonymous with the desire to be thin Mm -hmm. or vice versa. And like, again, I don't think this is what she was directly what she was saying, but to like start saying like that she needs to be in control, you know, um, and like have agency over what she puts in her body, how she moves her body, going towards the pseudoscience of like needing to be in line with your hormone cycle to determine what you eat, which I have so many thoughts about because it I really mean, bothers me as a PCOS. But cynically, I feel like this is also just a lie, and she just wants to become famous. Why do you think that? Just, just like, just is like a sounds like an origin story for a villain. You know what I mean? Like the doctors didn't believe me, so now I'm getting my following of people that want to be healthy like me, and we're gonna be on the journey together. Mm-hmm. And this is just like I'm pretty and like. Like, look at my body and, like, you know what I mean? Maybe. I guess. I guess, like, it did rub me, like, that it felt like she was, like, intentionally showing what her body looked like. And I don't know if that's just, like, how she exists in her day-to-day life. That's, or that's why I'm that's what, why I'm. But also, like, like I, maybe. I also don't like the idea, though, of, like, saying that people do things for, like, attention. I don't like. That's fair. Saying that. But just, like, mm, I feel like in I, the age of social media influencers and stuff, I that's, like, my... Yeah. It just also, like, is... The evil also, place where I go. Yeah. I also think, like, mm, the notion of, like, trying to do something in order to get, like, clout, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, yes, people do it. But I feel like anyone that has an actual, like, following, it happens on accident. That's kind of, fair. you know what I mean? Like, no one's like following? intentionally. I have no idea. I did not even look at how many people saw that video. To be honest, let's see. I got you. Okay. Okay. That's your daily dose of scatting. Yes. Okay. She has. This has been seen by 78,000 people. Holy shit. And she already had a lot of followers. Mm. Okay. Yeah, she already had a lot of followers. And she, a lot of her other videos seem to be about her own, like, doing social media experiments and, like, talking about, like, how uh, she's talking about, like, shifting... It's very, she can't decide, she can't decide if she wants to be body positive or not. (laughs) Okay. Like, some of her videos are like, oh, like, I'm getting over my eating disorder, join me. Does she have an eating disorder? Yeah, and some some of them are like, bro, make the salad with me. And some of them are like, weight and healthcare. Okay. So I rest like, my case. I was really starting to give her the benefit of the doubt after rewatching that video, but my, uh, like I said, my initial re-jerk, knee-jerk reaction was like, "Girly, she's sure like anti. She's like that? anti-tampons, but she's also okay. about to get married, so I think she's like 
pre-wedding. Oh, God, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess anyway. ultimately what I want to say is that um, I think it's really easy to fall into, like, this kind of, like, healthism yeah. trap. Because, again, I think it's bigger than just, like, individuals. Um, and it frustrates me that there's, again, so much content around, like, the seed cycling bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, just weird new fads about, like, the right, quote-unquote, right way to eat and not right way to eat. And, like, when you already struggle with viewing foods as good and bad to then start viewing foods as good and bad in terms of, like, nutritional value or, like, eating things at the right times, like, that's just opening up Ugh. a whole, like, host we, of new let's rules have a, to Let's have an episode with, with uh, Claudia about that one. Why? What is Claudia doing? She, like, has, like, a lot of rules about that for herself yeah. because she said it'll give her a migraine. Oh, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I'll chat. We'll chat. Yeah. We'll I... chat with Claudia. Okay. Yeah, that's difficult because I think there's sometimes where it's like, I'll bring Liana into this. Hi, Liana. I know you don't listen, but I'm going to talk about you. Because um, she secretly hates me. That's not true. <laughs> say these things. She's a busy lady. Um, she, you know, has a variety of like GI issues. Diagnosed, yeah. but GI that's like issues, a pro- like right? that's doctor doctor informed, right? I feel. And I think like unfortunately, the those GI issues come with a like you're gonna have to kind of find out what your trigger foods are. Here's a list of foods that you can't eat, and like mm-hmm. that's really difficult and really hard yeah. to go through. Yeah, and. I, it just sucks that I think like maybe sometimes those kinds of things, especially when so many people struggle with IBS, you know, mm-hmm. goes back to this weird, like, you can't eat anything in America, cause whatever. I don't know. That kind of thing where when people are trying to s- solve stomach issues, they'll yeah. just take it into their own hands. It's like, yeah, go to the doctor, go to a doctor, go to an actual registered dietitian who doesn't like promote weight loss, right? Uh, to like, figure things these kinds of things out but yeah I think like sometimes like what I'm trying to say is that it gets like conflated because there are certain um you know health conditions that are tied to diet and that you can potentially alleviate some of your symptoms by managing your diet however at the same time because of like the fat phobic narratives of like uh, if only you could control your diet so that you could be thinner, then you won't have these hosts of health issues that apparently being fat predisposes you to, which is not true. Yeah. Right? Um, being fat does not cause any health condition. That's not how it works. Um, but because of that sentiment, it kind of like conflates, like turns it into a, this bigger issue where it's like, oh, yes, diet directly impacts how we feel. And we kind of, like, believe that as a society. But it's, like, not true for for most people, right? Like, there's definitely other, like, behaviors. Again, like, if it's just minor things, like, you feel tired frequently, right? Let's talk about sleep, you know? Like, what does your sleep look like? (laughs) Sleep? Sleep? I don't slap. I don't. I don't know what that is. Sleep. Right. Like, there's so many other like 
and and this is where it like becomes difficult, right? There, like there's like these health promoting behaviors, and there's like engaging in restrictive diets, right? Right, and they're like not the same thing. No, they're not, but they get conflated. And like health promoting behaviors, like are so much more expansive than simply what you eat and how much you move. Right. Right. So, especially when we're thinking about health as a holistic thing and not just your physical health, and your not mental just health, your, your emotional stomach health. stomach health, okay? Yes. There's more than one part of your body. <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Just remember. Yeah. Anyways, I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Yeah, I think we should. That rant. So, if you want to follow us, follow at Serial from the Box on Instagram and email us if you want to hear something good and juicy. Email us at <laughs> Serial from the Box at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gianna Bartolini, just my name. And if you are brave, you can search down Marie's Instagram. Yeah, you have to find it though. It's a challenge. Mwahahaha. Anyways, okay. y'all, have a wonderful day. Bye. Goodbye. Ta ta.